Welcome back to the Brooklyn Poets Yopcast for June 14th, 2021, featuring poet Amani Davis leading our workshop and kicking off the open mic. I am your host and MC once again, Jason Koo. The Brooklyn Poets Yop is a monthly poetry workshop and open mic formerly held at the beloved 61 local in Cobble Hill. During pandemic times, we've been hosting the Yop virtually via Zoom, and uh, we're going to continue to do that until we find a new venue partner for the Yop. This month's open mic lineup featured Bridget Duffy, Cassidy Gabriel, Stella Lee, Hannah Donovan, Aishvarya Aurora, Todd Friedman, Ellen Ritberg, Miranda Tonkin, Shane Wagner, Morgan Boyle, Syringeria Rao, Harvey Sauce, Samantha Marin, Frank Rubino, Seth Leeper, Arthur Russell, Meredith Darling, Blake Z. Wrong, Kyle Brosnahan, Kendall Thomas, and last but not least, Renee Kay. So let's get right to the action. The Brooklyn Poets Yop open mic for June. Enjoy. Okay, y'all, we are back for the Brooklyn Poets Yop open mic. I hope you are refreshed from whatever you used those last five minutes to do. Uh, I sat in the same place and uh, had a sip of bourbon. That was great. Check my email. Uh, this is what constitutes a break in my life, but uh, hopefully you did something more exciting. Hopefully some of you took some selfies uh, and are planning to send those to us or post them on Instagram. Uh, I gotten a couple via email. Thanks to those of you that sent those into us. Amani, you definitely need to send us a selfie with your cat. Uh, that would be great. Uh, anyone else that has pets? Uh, pets always make for good selfies. Um, okay, so uh, we're going to get onto the open mic. A couple of announcements before we begin, in case uh, you're new to this format, whether you're a reader or an attendee. Um, one, uh, we do record the op open mic. Uh, you probably heard the <laughs> recording announcement. We record the open mic, open mic, which we publish uh, as a podcast every month called the Yopcast, which you can and should subscribe to on iTunes if you can. Uh, we'd love it if you'd rate us five stars because uh, the more people that subscribe, the more people that uh, rate us, the more people uh, find uh, the podcast and ultimately find all the posts that are reading for the open mic, which is uh, the main goal. So uh, we'd love it if you would do that. Um, also, every month we vote for poem of the month. And the way to do that is to text me at 718-374-1953. That is the Brooklyn Poets business phone. I apologize if anyone's called that or texted that in like the last few weeks and I haven't responded. I usually just never, it's probably, I shouldn't say this, but I like almost never check that phone. So like, it's kind of like off, uh, but I always turn it on during the yop and that's when I get all these old text messages. Uh, Ellen, it's great to see you're taking a selfie right now. You're like, like big on my screen. So I see that happening right in front of me, which is hilarious. Uh, but uh, thank you for doing that. Again, so every month we vote for Poem of the Month, uh, and the way to do that is just text me at the end of the open mic, not during the open mic, 718-374-1953, the winner of Poem of the Month. 
gets a Brooklyn Poets tote bag, uh, free admission to a future yop, and most importantly, a spot in our Poem of the Year contest at the end of the year, which is in December at our awards gala. We had our first awards gala last December, and we will have our second one this December, uh, definitely in person, unless something catastrophic happens again. Uh, a note on that, by the way, uh, we are uh, working our way back towards having in-person events. Uh, the next YAP in July will also be virtual because uh, we haven't yet secured a venue partner for the YAP, but we do have a Brooklyn Poets Reading Series event that we are planning to be in person on Sunday, July 18th. Uh, this will be in the backyard garden space of Basic, which is a, a bar beloved by many in Williamsburg. Some of you may remember we did a reading series event there uh, in their backyard a couple years ago, featuring uh, Lee Herrick, who visited us from uh, California, Julia Knobloch, and EJ Evans. Um, what we did is we had a little barbecue before the reading. Uh, it was real family style. It was fantastic. It's probably my favorite reading that we did ever. <laughs> so uh, hopefully it doesn't rain or some shit <laughs> during this event, ruining our first in-person event in over a year. But uh, if you know, we'd love it if you would come out for that. Again, that will be Sunday, July 18th. Uh, and on the note or on the subject of uh, in-person venues, if any of you have uh, people you know that are looking to host uh, literary events in the Brooklyn area, uh, don't hesitate to contact me, koo at brooklynpoets.org. I am on the lookout. Uh, staff members, I've been meaning to email you about this as well. I might as well tell you now. Those of you that still live in Brooklyn, uh, uh, I'm sure there are some businesses that are looking to bring people into their spaces. So uh, we'd love to uh, talk to uh, venues that are interested in partnering in literary events. So uh, we don't know what's happening with 61 Local. I don't know if they've officially closed or not. I email them. They haven't said anything. I got no response. So I really don't know what's happening, but uh, hopefully they, they have not closed permanently, but we will see. Um, okay. Wow. That was a, a long tangent. Uh, but again, uh, vote for poem of the month, 718-374-1953. Every reader at the open mic tonight will be reading one poem. We'll be screen sharing the text of the poems as they read, and uh, we'll be recording uh, poems for the podcast. Uh, Shane, you asked if you're on the open mic. Yes, uh, you are in the lineup tonight and we have your poem. Okay, uh, before we get to the open mic proper, we are going to hear from our featured reader tonight, uh, none other than Amani Davis. So give it up for Amani digitally. Hi, y'all know the vibes. Um, if you're here for my workshop, hi. If you're not, hi. Um. Maybe all I need to be is Rico Nasty. At least for now, while her raspy sermon pierces the house party, it is enough to be a splintered storm, grief spiking in every direction. Rico launches a molasses shriek and the sound makes men neon in their seats. I have been afraid of anger for too long. <laughs> what beast it could summon from beneath the river of my skin, I get it. I carry my father's face. Why not his fists too, his jagged impulse for blood? As a child, I wrote horror stories starring everyone who'd ever wronged me. Shayla pushes me during recess and the narrative pushes her down a well. Poor choice, victim of a nameless anger, death note soaked in salt water. Later, I lost baby teeth and learned myths of monsters in the mouths of black girls. 
found out all the fright I can deal by just raising my voice and learning to rage without worrying what a scream can cost me. The first time I hear Rico Nasty's poppin', everything in me forgets its cage. I sugar screech my bedroom. Don't worry about the words. All the best monsters never need a script. And so for the flickering eternity of this song, I will be no different. Why commit to meaning when feeling is enough? And who better to learn from than Rico? Rich in the sacred currency of a howl, Brat's doll minotaur, all-knowing type of bitch, familiar with the specific magic raveling through my headphones. When she's with me, I become the bride of chaos. I make sorrow a mosh pit and brew shame past recognition. I thank every god on my chain that I ain't have to smack a bitch today. And so what if I did? Who gonna beat my ass? Thank you. Very excited to hear everyone at the mic. Yeah. Oh, damn. <laughs> uh, that might have been the best opening to the Yop open mic ever. <laughs> um, certainly the best ending of a poem leading off the open mic. We're going to beat my ass. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, I'm not sure what just happened there, but uh, this is the same thing I felt when you were reading for the Staff Picks event. Like every poem you read, I was just like, what the f <laughs> so uh i hope you got a book coming out soon amani or something like what's happening with that you know we're writing it we're writing it um i have okay. no one paper we're okay writing. so it's not just like the kid like you have like this manuscript that's like people are just being stupid about but not publishing it's like okay so that's good that's, <laughs> at least that's not the case <laughs> yeah okay great so like if, i'm sure once you finish that it'll just be out and it'll explode the universe uh, thanks very much, Imani. That was fantastic. Um, brilliant work, uh, as always. Uh, our next reader uh, of the night, you heard from her, uh, <laughs> just sort of humbly introducing herself uh, at the end of that Yop workshop. Give it up for Bridget Duffy. Hey, guys. Um, I hope you aren't tired of hearing me complain about being raised under Catholicism. Um, so this is called... Way after Eden. You give up some things. No more borrowed Protestant hymns. No more doing the twist on the gymnasium floor. No more after church donuts. And nothing at all to do on Easter. That's a hard one. In the old days, you used to fly kites and wear pastel prairie dresses. Now you just wonder how soon the Rite Aid will discount the Cadbury cream eggs. Noting all this, you may be tempted to say, it is always the first Sunday in Lent, the day when the giving up starts to really get hard. But you can eat around your vegetables now, just pluck the noodles straight from the pot. And you can buy condoms, even if you still have to buy them with something else. You sleep until 11 o'clock, and you don't remember which shoulder to start on when you cross yourself which you hardly ever do know anyway, having discovered secular uses for your knees. Now all flesh is the same, goose flesh and goat flesh and fish flesh and man flesh, but your own flesh being permanently mortified, you will only eat tofu. You've entered ordinary time, the 347th Thursday in ordinary time. Here it's always green, and each day reveals itself, either solemnity or feast, as it suits. 
it's never winter. And also it's never spring. Amazing. Thank you, Bridget. Uh, wow. <laughs> like the party has started. I am uh, jazzed by these poems. Um, maybe that should be a challenge for everyone. Try to buy condoms without buying something else. <laughs> I love that line because uh, I, don't, I don't think I've ever done that myself either. I feel like that would be really hard. Um, but uh, if anyone has done that before, props to you. <laughs> and if you haven't, may, maybe make that a challenge for 2021 or the rest of your life. <laughs> um, great poem, Bridget, uh, as always. Thank you. Um, all right, our next poet of the night is Cassidy Gabriel, former po uh, Poem of the Month winner from this year. Give it up for Cassidy. Hi, everyone. Okay, um, I had a dream that we were speaking softly and this is what I said. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly colored like watermelon rinds or Saturn in June. The night is colored too, except not like a night, but like a face, painted and growing with a mouth like yours where the horizon might have been. These days it is all spaghetti and handsome blue hydrangeas and piers of sun gold, the time-honored practice of splitting an old man with a cello who swears he recognizes us from a dirge he once wrote. We listen in a bony silence as he cries and remembers the sadness staining like juice, the grief holding your face up to the light with its big hands holding you like a mother. And in that moment, I pledge allegiance to you, you know. In this torch song, the way your name feels in my mouth, just the feeling is the refrain. And I will write the verses last or never, pronounce you slowly, phonetic, First your pupils, then the hard angles your shoulders make. One long, sacred, reflexive verb, like bathing or waking, happening and being happened to. As we draw skies and stand up in them, watch the time melt down our knuckles like sad cones, walk until the day swallows the night, eat entire ducks on finest china, magnificent like suns, suns setting in reverse, suns setting for somebody else. Though in this unleavened prayer, prayer which is like a ruin you set for me. Thanks so much. Wow. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like I'm just, I'm like a broken record at this point. What is going on with this open mic? These are like masterpieces you are reading so far. Uh, like every line in this poem is, is like a little gem. Um, Cassidy, amazing work. Uh, Thank you so much. Yeah, I mean, just like in terms of the line making in this poem, it's just breathtaking. Um, it's all spaghetti and handsome. That's just a great thing to isolate. Um, spaghetti and handsome, maybe be another great title for something. Uh, I don't know what, an Italian restaurant maybe? Um, uh, yeah, anyway. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, Cassidy. Fantastic Thanks, work. Cassidy. Uh, wow, the bar has been raised high. Uh, Stella Lee's coming next. I'm sure she's going to kill it too. So uh, give it up for Stella Lee. Hello. On the wind, there is burning. On the wind, there is burning the acrid smell of charred paper, the choking scent of combustion. On the wind, I try to take a breath, a breath that is stifled and shallow. On the wind I taste ash, 
The gray weighs down the air, shadowing blue skies and covering sunshine. It billows into monstrous clouds and thins with every gust passing through crevices and into all spaces. Filling the void with the smell of fire, perspiring smoke off of the horizon. On the wind, I trap my voice and listen for the sounds of others. On the wind, there are voices. They echo between my eyes, stinging, blur my vision with marks from the patterns of wind. On the wind, I lose my sight. It wanders along with char. On the wind, I feel my skin itch. Skin has oil, has hair, has memories, and has pain. On the wind, I feel the touch of smoke. It curls around my limbs and lifts with the hiss of air piercing through layers. Soot deposits itself in my pores and I feel my body sicken. On the wind, embers find new places to alight. Their union in the air glows amber. On the wind, fear tickles my mind, teasing out my specters. I see their resemblance in me as the cinders settle on my windowsill, fill my room and pour over my bed. These shadows create mountains where I fight to fill spaces with sound, fill spaces with movement, fill spaces with me, my body outlined in cinder. On the wind, char finds its place at my bedside, curls around my head and fills my dreams. Dreams aglow then radiate before being destroyed, before the cry, silvery powder settles down and films over my figure, I gasp, my mouth masked, no air, no breath, lead. Exactly as I thought, just killing it again. <laughs> uh, such a beautiful poem. Uh, you read this, right, at the, at the showcase, I think? Yeah. I was like, I remember this freaking poem. <laughs> How could I forget? Um, Char finds its place at my bedside. It just gives me chills. Uh, Stella Lee, always amazing. Uh, what would the world be without Stella Lee, honestly? Uh, it's great to see you every month and hear your poems every month, truly. Uh, keeps me going. Uh, Hannah Donovan, seems like you have good news about a book that's coming out. Please do tell. It's a very baby poetry book. It's eight pages um, and it's being published by a micro chap um, that like they specialize in micro chaps and um, they have really beautiful covers and I'm excited. Yeah. Um, dang, I don't, everyone's been so awesome <laughs> tonight. Um, Okay, this is called Willow. Does she bleed anymore? I'll have to look it up. I keep thinking about the plastic diagram of a woman's anatomy in the science classroom, the great hollowed bean where the bloomed iris of reproduction sits. In a dream, a careless knock sends it to scatter on the floor, ovaries rolling under desks to collect dust. Life continues. I'm aware of how full a body feels. I run thoughts of touch, of climax, and my pelvis swells. I run the pavements and my pelvis thuds. I can't imagine such emptiness. They scraped her out. A radical hysterectomy, a restructured vagina, 
rounds of radiation. I thought of her the other day as I did the dishes, scouring the frying pan with steel wool. I cried so hard I filled the sink. The drain was slow to empty. It held everything. I hated its ability. Malpractice shouldn't roll off the tongue like it does. It should require spit, a throaty cough, a sharp taste. We are not martyrs. We are matrons. Please look to our bodies with blades of scrutiny, waves of patience. Please believe us when we say it hurts here. Thank you. Amazing, Hannah. Thank you. Beautiful poem. Uh, I'm literally just, my hair is on fire right now with all these poems. I feel like I have to scroll back and make sure I really just heard what I heard. Um, is this in your uh, forthcoming chapbook that you so humbly like didn't brag about? <laughs> <laughs> it, it is not. Um, this is the newest thing that I have and the chapbook I think was around February that I found out. Um, so this doesn't have a home yet, but well, here. Sure it will here, very so. soon. <laughs> uh, editors in the audience, uh, feel free to contact Hannah. Hit me uh, up. Okay. Thanks very much, Hannah. It was uh, amazing. All right. Our next reader, uh, one of our brilliant students from the mentorship program. You can see Arthur giving a very enthusiastic round of digital applause. Aishwarya Aurora, hailing from Queens. Hey everyone, um, it's so good to be here with you all tonight and hear your poems. Um, I'm reading a poem that um, is a little different than I usually write, so I'm excited to experience reading it. So thank you for being here for that. Important information about this account. I ignored it. I didn't pay. My overdue payments became horses. My bank, a river bank and their cash came for my rest. Oh, 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 this count. Pay and rest. We will not charge rest if you lance the horse. By the horse due date, we will begin charging in rest. Oh, cash advances. Oh, the action date. Total rest charge computation. Rest charges accrue, are pounded daily. To determine the rest charge, we multiply each subject by its daily rate. To determine the total rest for the cycle, we rest daily. How we allocate horses? Horses are allocated to balance your balance. We allocate horse equal to total horse due. Horse in excess of your total horse due will be lanced. Important information about horses by phone. When using horse by phone, you authorize us to initiate an electronic horse. You must mount each horse. For your protection, we will ask for a fee. To cancel, call us before the scheduled horse date. Same day horses cannot be edited or canceled. Your credit lines, only a portion of available riverbank Advance the line you have, cash advances. Cash advances over your line, cash advances over 
End date. This is a future closing. The new balance appears. This state is not a payoff and may be subject to additional rest charges. This state, a virtual form of your physical terms and conditions. Consult your Riverbank. Riverbank, a mark of America. Thanks. Wow, what an original and unique poem. That was great. Uh, so amusing and uh, insightful and, and brilliant all around. Uh, so how'd that feel to read it? Um, really fun. I like to do like <laughs> a freaky thing. Yeah, uh, it was fun to hear. Sorry, sorry, I was like scrolling in and out. I don't know what was going on, but uh, uh, luckily it didn't throw you off. No, I don't. Sorry, you all seeing this. See, I guess I should just leave that there while it processes. Um, our next reader is the one and only Todd Friedman, who is uh, joining us from Sunset Park, one of the Poets Laureate of Sunset Park. How are you doing, Todd? Okay, how are you? I'm doing well. Go for it. From a Brooklyn backyard. At midnight on New Year's Eve, a neighbor in the building behind us throws open his window and shouts, fuck 2020 at the top of his lungs, a la anchorman Howard Beale in Network. I raise my glass to him. Then I look a few floors down where a family had set up an umbrella they'd sit under on their fire escape during the summer. The umbrella lies in shambles now and the curtains on the windows are gone. Where is this family? Nine months into the pandemic here in New York and I can't stop hearing those screaming ambulances that once ran like rapids in our streets. And I can't stop seeing Javier from three doors down being rushed off to Maimonides by the EMTs only to die on a ventilator just a few weeks later. So yes, I am with you, my shouting neighbor, as we pour the last shovel full of dirt onto a year we wish we could have bypassed. Now in late May, Regina and I sit in our Brooklyn backyard. This is our new living room where we see our friends even sharing a bowl of soup out here with Linda while there was snow on the ground. We still pour caution into our coffee, even with our vaccinations. And Regina has decided to retire early. Right now, Regina is teaching me the names of flowers she has planted, wild geraniums, wood poppies, hellebores, things I never cared about before. We sit here at night in front of the fire, our heads tilted back toward the sky. The glare of the city lights hides most of our view, but we drink in the stars we can see. Thanks, Todd. Thank that you. Was beautiful. Uh, what a beautiful poem capturing this past year. So how are you feeling now? What's Sunset Park like these days? I was in the city a couple of days ago. It seemed like it's just back now i was camping in the catskills i haven't been here for four days oh nice did you drive by beacon you should have said hi uh no didn't go that way <laughs> <One day. laughs> 
Well, if you ever camp up here uh, or pass by, let me know. Thank you. <laughs> um, lovely poem. I love this ending. We drink in the stars, we can see. Um, okay. Hopefully, uh, all of you still live in the city are, are able to get out and enjoy it again. Uh, I was in the, uh, my wife and I were celebrating Dia uh, dos Namorados, the uh, Brazilian Valentine's Day on Saturday. We're in the West Village. Uh, uh, it's near uh, Stonewall, and uh, it seemed like uh, everyone was out again. It seemed seemed like old times. It was a good feeling. All right, Ellen Ridberg. Oh, sorry, Ellen Pober Ridberg is our next reader. Uh, go for it. Can Ellen. you hear me? Can you yes. hear me? Yes. yes. Okay. I, I my first full length poetry book is coming out this month. It's called He Is Walking Wider. And it's being published by Kelsey Press, Kelsey Books, sorry. And two months ago, it's been a good two months. Uh, my caregiving book, my humorous nonfiction book called Why Is Grandma Naked? Caring for Your Aging Parent is out on Amazon. And sorry to be so arrogantly self-promotional, but that's how we sell books and don't disappear in the ether. Okay, I'm going to read my poem called See Her Hands, How They Plate. See her hands, how they plate beneath her head as she sleeps she works upon it like some field that might yield ripe red grapes if she works hard enough, which she always does. See her arms as she reaches out steadily upon her bedclothes, always going. She wants so much, this child. The raw force impels her up, impels her to the sun. Sometimes she grabs at me as if I am some tattered cloth grabs up my shoulder, my thigh with great force like some mythic creature she cannot be shaken off. Do not give her a life of vague longings, watching the world from room corners, her body bowed, but let her not run too fast into a window as she once did. The scar on her forehead, a square, which she displays proudly, her diadem. Let the world rise when she enters the room, absorb her, but not fully pulsate with her, watch her emerge, converge, not to blend or efface, but to brace the world with her hand, band it like a bird, give voice to it without singing, to stand, withstand, love, be beloved, to trace the world with her finger and tread upon it, enter it, as if for the first time, with grace, elemental, a fantast walking into the wind, a singer in the dark, as tall as the eastern pine, as ancient. Thank you. Okay, thanks very much, Ellen. I love that, a fantast. <laughs> uh, I was hoping that was just the word and it wasn't like a typo and you were gonna correct it. So I, I looked it up before using it. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you talked. Oh, I, th I thought you made up that word. <laughs> Oh, I always use up words, words of dubious, of dubious um, origin, <laughs> unknown have, origin. Have you used Fantast and Scrabble? I no. may have. <laughs> <laughs> when great. my mother was alive, because she could beat me with a 50-point score. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great to spring on someone when they're least expecting it and be like, oh, yeah? Fantast, fuck you. <laughs> Game over. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, congrats on your new book. 
Uh, new, I should say your new books. Uh, thank you. News. Thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you to those of you that buy it and write a review on Amazon. That's how we don't disappear in the ether. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Alan. Thanks, Jason. Our next poet tonight is, I believe, making uh, her Yop debut. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Miranda. No, that's true. Hi. All right. Well, great to have you here for the first time. And uh, welcome to Brooklyn. Thank you. <laughs> All right, uh, this is called Guilty Dreamers. When I made plans to move to the greatest city in the world, I knew all I wanted was to be free, just like America had taught me. Never knowing that the pain of heartbreak and grief could trap me in a way no Southern cage I built in my adolescent brain ever could. Brooklyn made me pick up cigarettes and poetry, coffee, high-waisted pants, crop tops, and stupid sunglasses meant to blind me from the misery of those who suffered here before me as they catcall me on the street. Gorgeous, beautiful, sexy, gentrifier, telling me to go home because they love to watch me leave, but I don't have one of those. So I guess I'll just sit up here like a rat in some sick experiment, wondering if the Upper West Side elite can see the sadness behind my eyes as I give them their simple pleasures, while the world suffers around them, feeling a strange comfort that I can't give them a flash of my smile and the upbeat positivity that was stolen from me that they so desperately need to not feel guilty. Wondering if at 25 I should be doing something more, international baccalaureate, summa cum laude, and an honor certificate my useless degree provided to me, along with a single gray hair. Furious to be strung out on another emotionally unavailable musician with long hair and arms like an ox while my dreams come true in a way I never knew could be so painful or make me feel so empty. While people die around me every day from a sickness in a system built to be broken by a government that sits on high 200 miles south of me who did nothing but make deals with corporations to keep us feeling guilty for having the things they've taken away from those they deemed lesser than who never asked to be brought here by a greedy people who saw greener grass on the other side that they could turn gray, claiming it to be silver, dusting it with gold that shines in the sun but is washed away by the rain that lived in the dark clouds which always hid in the distance. I live in a city full of guilty dreamers, hoping to find home on an island surrounded by rivers, bursting with concrete and millions, millions of people who never planned to be suffocated by pollution or the American dream, crying gentrifiers be gone, forgetting that this land was built on stealing, raping, pillaging, paving the way for black and brown folk to be fed a false sense of hope so they too can be stolen, raped, pillaged, fighting with each other while the cycle of the white man's legacy lives on. And I, one of those guilty dreamers, will stand here and watch from my cage that I fear I may have built myself as I choke on the life they told me I wanted. Thank you. Wow, Miranda, thank you. <laughs> That's quite an introduction to, uh, to Brooklyn. Uh, I assume you wrote this recently <laughs> upon moving here? I wrote this in January, I think. January, okay. When did you move here? What was that? So when did you move here? I moved to New York in June and I moved to Brooklyn in August. Okay, nice. I mean, I assume that's last year during the pandemic? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So like, what is it like now as, as you're able to go out and do things? Like, was it, I mean, it must've been super weird to move. So different. It's weird reading this poem actually, because I'm in such right. a different mindset now. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
and yeah, and last summer when I moved, I mean, things were like kind of opening back up, but now everything is like, woo, all at right. once. So it's fun, but it's, it's overwhelming. Um, yeah. <laughs> but everything in the poem still rings very true. It's just very interesting to read back on that. They're like timestamps, you know? Yeah. Well, enjoy the city. The summer is a good time in the city. Uh, and uh, welcome and keep coming back. This was great. Thanks for uh, sharing your poem tonight for the first time. Thank you for letting me. <laughs> hey, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's open to all. Uh, <laughs> our next poem tonight is by Shane Wagner, uh, who was a Yacht Poem of the Month winner. Uh, man, was that two years ago, Shane? That seems like uh, forever, but it feels more recent than that. Uh, how are you doing? I'm pretty good. Yeah. Getting out there a little bit. Have you read Started. for the YAP virtually since the pandemic began? I can't remember. Uh, no. Okay. I was here last month, but I did not read. Yeah. Well, it's great to have you back, Wayne, for the open mic. Thank you, sir. So this is bittersweet. Watching my daughter walk away, recently turned 11, long brown hair down, wearing jeans after years of only leggings, Still two big shiny maroon leather combat boots handed down from her sister, my daughter, walking away up the hill to the bus stop. The feeling is bittersweet. But bittersweet isn't quite right. There's not much bitter in it. Maybe the Germans have a better word. The German language with its ability to compound. Something roughly translated back into English like happy full empty ache. Or Go healthy, strong, longing, grow, not too fast, grow so smart, beautiful, kind, dismissive, lazy, too much like me, so proud, go, go and don't go, grow, independent, need me, you don't know everything, survive without me, don't forget me, Where, when did you get so tall? I held you in my arms, now I hold you in my mind, never letting go, go, make your own world as you open your eye on a new day, always go, always return, child. Okay, thank you, Shane. Uh, that was beautiful. That's what uh, an original ending for a poem. I've never seen an ending quite like that, where you build this uh, epic compound word <laughs> to describe the feeling that you have. Uh, yeah, I'd be interested to see what that would be like in German. The German <laughs> Germans always seem to have a, a really great, sort of huge word to describe. It, something. it would probably be probably be a little longer. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, like schadenfreude. Uh, I love that word. Um, okay, wow. Uh, do you show this to your daughter? Or do you not share your poems with her? Um, I showed it to my 17-year-old, but not my 11-year-old. <laughs> well, one day, I'm sure. Maybe someday. Yeah, I bet. I bet you'll share it with her. Oh, she'll just find it. She'll, she'll rummage through your stuff. <laughs> All right, thanks very much, Shane. Uh, our next reader is a another poem of the month winner from from this year. Uh, she's been blowing us away lately. Morgan Boyle, how are you, Morgan? Hello, I'm doing well. All right, well, I'm sure we're in for a treat tonight, uh, so I'll turn it over to you. Okay, thank you. Um, the luxury of dying in space. Humanity feels like it's circling the drain again, and it's looking like the billionaires are headed to Mars. It's a dumb 90s sci-fi premise 
and it's also real. I know because I read about it in Business Insider. Rich people are headed to space. Money can purchase air where there is none, can buy a new earth when the old one can no longer provide life. They say there's water on Mars. It didn't evaporate into space, but it soaked into the planet. Can you believe that? Red and stormy and desert-like and full of water. Mars is the glorified as the fighting planet when it's really just a glorified sponge. They're saying the poor can go up there, work off the cost of their travel. It's just rehashed indentured servitude, but no matter. It's all modern on Mars. Back when humanity was circling the drain due to the threat of nuclear warfare, the bunker was all the rage. The bombs were gonna drop and the rich were gonna bury themselves alive. Jerry Henderson, the tip top of the Avon Cosmetics Pyramid, built himself a desert bunker deep in Nevada. It seems that a hot dusty world is the answer to the problem of total extinction. I dream of the bunker. I attempt to dream myself into the bunker. There's 5,000 articles on the bunker online, it seems, and I soak them all up like the big sponge of Mars. The bunker is a 70s sound studio of a movie I've never seen. It comes complete with circadian rhythm lights, so you never have to wonder when it's time to sleep. AstroTurf, or maybe if you drink enough martinis as the world sways during nuclear holocaust, close your drunken eyes, curl your toes, perhaps it'll feel like grass. Stand between the fountain and the motel mural of forest, look deep, do a line of cocaine, you're rich, it's the end of the world, you brought the necessities, and tell yourself that the dropping of bombs and the resulting nuclear waste won't affect your water supply. The food in your immaculate pink kitchen, looking out on the lawn you'll never have to manicure won't run out until you die a happy death in your bunker, surrounded by loved ones who will know what to do with your corpse, left laying on your unburiable lawn under low ceiling sky. The bunker was for sale recently, a steal at 18 million. Move to Vegas, die underground, move to Mars, die in space. Whatever you do, don't allow your life to be cut short by the world your hands help mold. It's a seven month. In the end, lay on, blasted and blasting off into the bunkers of tomorrow, like some kind of sick death rattle featuring zombified earth and it'll be on the news. We'll still have the news. They'll leave before the news is gone. Elon Musk will wave to us all and we'll look at his veneers on our phones and computers and we'll feel something. The billionaires are leaving a planet and a people deemed not worth saving, dooming us to die. And it's on the news. It's unlikely the rockets will get to Mars. It's unlikely the billionaires will colonize the red planet. It'd be hell up there anyway. Imagine a bunch of assholes digging for water good riddance. And it's sick and it's awful and no matter in a way because it's been that since the beginning of time. But if we're all down here watching those rockets blast into the atmosphere and something goes wrong, circuitry or maybe a rogue goose, those rockets would flash and bang and crumble. Those rockets would explode just like fireworks. Okay. <laughs> More of the same from you, Morgan Boyle. Uh, amazing stuff. Just, your poems are like landscapes. Uh, honestly, uh, they just there's so much in them. Every time we you read one of these, we just go on this journey with you. <laughs> uh, this time to Mars with all the fucking billionaires, a bunch of assholes digging for water. Indeed. Uh, okay. Thanks very much again, Morgan. Thank you. 
Our next reader tonight is another Yacht Poem of the Month winner from this year. Uh, I believe from last month, if I'm not wrong. Surrendria, is that right? Did you win last month, Surrendria? That is that is correct, yeah. All right, the reigning champ in the house. <laughs> well, there was, there was a lot of competition this uh <laughs> Yes, I mean, this, this month especially is fucking crazy. All right, go for it. Um, so I actually wrote this poem to last month's workshop prompt and have revised it and it I've been writing a lot of sonnets, so it's sort of turned into a sonnet. Uh, it's called A Boyhood Memory. <clears throat> I knew to twist the knuckles from karate, kid, maybe osmosis, when I inhaled another boy's sharp fists. Now I heard this one's ribs crack, struck his slackened body. I spent last fall under dog piles beat down by bigger boys, eyes blotted blank with rage. But I remember how he whimpered, the way his slender legs folded like a broken fawn's. Sometimes I wonder if he's gone, snuffed out or blown like the whoosh of air from a boy's beaten gut, or rage burned down to lamp black soot, and only weary pity left to mourn, a gallery of taxidermied men stuffed up with broken promise, broken bones. Okay, very nice. You wrote this last month during the Yop workshop? Yeah, the prompt was rage. So I, I wrote this thing and then revised it over the month. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Nice. And it's a, it's a sonnet, yes? Oh, uh, man. Uh, you're good at these traditional forms. What we, what we call traditional forms. <laughs> uh, Thank you. Yeah. Um, man, fantastic stuff, Surendria. Um, it's too bad they canceled that uh, Karate Kid series on Netflix. Cobra Kai. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think, they, I think they canceled that, didn't they? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was real fun. I love I Karate Kid. No, it was getting a little bit annoying. <laughs> the first season, it was on the nose. First season, the, the millennial, the millennial yeah. generational stuff was very on. They were just like nose. fighting too much. I'm just like, really? Do you need to have like it a became karate, very violent. karate brawl like, <laughs> yeah. for every little thing? Jason, there was a TV show last year, two years ago, that was like the Karate Kid 25 years later. It was Yeah, that's crazy. what we're talking about. That's the exactly Kobe what Kai. we're talking about. Yeah, right? it's like a Kobe reboot. Kai. Yeah. Cobra Kai, yeah. Uh... By the way, I'm just going to say this. If any of you uh, know Tony Temperman, who used to, he, he was like a, a Broken Poets person before he went back to Ohio. <laughs> Johnny uh, uh, from Cobra Kai is like a dead ringer for Tony Temperman. Uh, <laughs> so uh, anyway, just if any of you that know him, <laughs> thought you'd appreciate that. Our next poet tonight uh, is the one and only Harvey Sauce. Got a poem... Uh, I think about Audrey Hepburn tonight. Uh, it's funny, I was just thinking about Audrey Hepburn the other day, so uh, it's funny this poem is, is coming up now. Harvey, how you doing? <laughs> I wasn't gonna say anything about unmuting yourself to see if you did it, but uh, you haven't done it. So I'm gonna have to ask you to unmute yourself again. I'm gonna literally push the button that says ask to unmute, see if it works. You're still not unmuted, my friend. I'm unmuted? Yes. Uh, okay. Uh, I should just note, just as an aside, that uh, one of the poems that I was going to read um, opted for this instead, though the other is better, uh, contained the words, 
schadenfreudian in it, just so you know. <laughs> Another time. Um, you can hear me now? Okay. Um, first, I'd just like to call your attention to, hang on one second, uh, before I do that, to uh, Artful Dodger's Poetry's next reading on the 27th, which is a Sunday at four. I put the pertinent information in the chat. Uh, and uh, I just have to do one thing first. Okay. Should, what the hell is going on here? My apologies, my computer is going. Can you put somebody ahead of me? My computer is just going all sorts of kablooey. You don't have the poem in front of you? Why don't you just read it off the screen? Uh, because I changed it while I was sitting here some. <laughs> uh, and you can't find your poem? Oh, no, there it is. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this is called the, sh the Shape We're In. Um, has a few changes, but not too much. After catching the Academy Award winning The Shape of Water in Science, having assured us that we are 60% or so water, experience tells us that as a general proposition, we are mostly full of it. If water with a little help from tabled elements can assume the form of man or woman, I choose woman for companionship. Although I respect the rights of others, whether those rights are alienable, inalienable, or inwardly alien to choose otherwise. While certain persons whom I hold in high regard, regardless of their sex and sexual proclivities, would incline towards some handsome fellow on display whose face is known to us, internet influencer, or bachelor working his way through a bevy of bachelorettes, I would respectfully request that water shape itself for me into a woke Audrey Hepburn, one reinflated with water, life, and breath, no longer incorporeal, not wanting to dig up all that is left of the bones and bits of my Audrey, dearly missed by fans everywhere, and especially by me. The order I would submit water willing would be for an Audrey with all the wit, insouciance and innocence alchemic H2O can muster. A 24-7-7-11 slurpy to my taste, brimful with the original's flavor. Built stoutly as any Lady Macbeth who ever trod the boards, devoid of all traces of that lady's hand-washing water wastefulness. Let all the gods of seas, rivers and lakes to whom we pray and to whom I am, I think patrilineally or matrilineally related as only a demigod can be fashioned for the most part as they are from the same aqueous material. Do me this one small favor, raise me an Audrey. Phoenix like if water and fire can be a mixed metaphor, transporting her to me from Gaia's subterranean aqua sources by means of umbilical, umbilical aquifers, smaller to be sure than a Macy's Thanksgiving Day parade balloon would be, yet more manageable in high winds and more huggable. We would halloo for her lost cat in the rain when it rained, together again as Holly go lightly and just Fred breakfasting at Tiffany's on bagels and locks we brought with us 
belly locks, not the more common Nova, only the best for my Audrey. Welcoming the reinvigoration of a downpour, at least 60% of each of us in our depth in the deep end of the pool. Apparently, as a cardiologist once informed me following an almost fatal heart attack, you can't have too much of bottled or tapped seltzer in a pinch. His nurse, nodding vigorously so that her starched and peaked cap almost fell off, underscoring the 100% absolute importance of adequate hydration. I would run a hot bath for my Audrey, still a skosh twixt in between being freshly raised from the dead to relax unused muscles back to huggableness with a ring of votive candles spaced around the tub to set a celebratory mood. With me as a one man lighting crew having less directorial control and impact than that of water, staging a false dawn for my forever Holly Golightly, hoping that bath water, like a big sister in protective mode, won't take my actualized wet dream by the hand to spirit her down the drain and away before we can properly consummate. After exploring each other under the celebratory pop of bath soap bubbles, before I could tell her how influenced I was at an impressionable age by her cinematic and model successes, enough to want to bring her of all people back to life, my grandmother Helen, being a close second, particularly considering the shape I'm in. Having been instructed once more by my cardiologist that the vigorous of lone shark sex could kill me. Ah, to die at the hands, or more properly, the feet of Audrey. Audrey cultured for me by a shape-shifting magus, my Audrey redux. And if, despite my incantational wishes, cooling bath water should somehow abscond with her down the drain's hidey hole to sleep with the fishes like some Staten Island goomba who has outlived her usefulness. I would call upon Aquarius, patron of the thirsty constellation of water bearing stars to raise her up for me again and again, Holly to my Fred until we got it right. Thank you. All right, thank you, Harvey. Okay, uh, our next poet of the evening is Samantha Marin. How are you doing, Sam? I'm doing good. <laughs> um, thank you so much for okay. having me. I'm so excited to read this poem. As always. Um, so this is a triptych. I'm experimenting. Um, thanks for listening. Setting the table. She once was not and then in an instant, she is. To be, she must leave a wound that stiffens into a coarse grin sewn shut. On her way out and away from the operating table, she grips a lasso of guts, aiming the loop at the singular question on their minds. What is a baby girl's worth anyway? Two. Every Friday morning, they will take you to a basement chapel for mass. You will be a green child bent over red leather kneelers facing the altar. Because you are black, you will have to pray twice as hard for half the peace. Because you are a child, you will think the aching is your fault. You will pray to the father for your father's kind eyes again. Every night 
you will hold your mother. Listening to the familiar ocean sounds of her abdomen, you will wait for the signal in your body that it is safe to run. Three. On Thanksgiving, I lied and said I missed my parents. Truthfully, I longed for the ocean's bottom on my soles. At the beach, I had taken off my shoes and waited to feel a horseshoe's crab barb, a slippery bunker's head, something to ground me, while my partner sharply scolded me that I would get sick and then readily posed from my aging iPhone lens with a cigar between clenched teeth. I had felt sad and free, pressed up against the scruff of his irritation. Then we walked by the perfect green wooden bench, just sized for one under a street light. So uncanny was its resemblance to me, I ran up to it, took its picture, and asked aloud, what is a bench when there is no one to sit on it? And wordlessly replied, a table where I would be grateful to eat alone. Thank you. Thank you, Sam. That was brilliant as always. Uh, what a beautiful poem. Uh, how's it going these days, Sam? I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah. but I'm like feeling I'm feeling okay. Like I'm feeling like, you know, this has been such a roller coaster of life. Um and uh but you're still in the city right yeah i'm still in the city i'm still in brooklyn nice. um i had friends visiting for the first time in 15 months this weekend and i was like oh my god for so long months of terror of just having people in the space so it felt really good that's good um i'm just trying to remember that fair is a portal I just keep on repeating that, like fair is a portal, fair is a portal. It's very woo-woo-y, very basic, but I believe it. Right. I believe it. All right. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm tired too, but uh, it seems like we're getting we're getting something back at least. We're getting something back. We're getting yeah. something back. All right. Thank you, Sam. That was thank great. Thank you. Our next reader is the one and only Frank Rubino of the Red Wheelbarrow Poets. How you living, Frank? I'm good. How are you, Jason? Oh, I'm doing well. This has been a fantastic open mic. I just just everyone's been so great. I'm going to read a, a poem with a long title. I'm standing on a lot on Cambridge Road, littered with the debris of a blown-up house. You and I stood on the summit, looking across Passaic Valley. Behind us, they had built a restaurant, and love was between us, just in the air, just in the bits. When two have been so close, a father and a daughter, when two, lately you've been become like the bot who sent me email. My name is love and I'm from who cares. My name is love and I care for you. My name is love and I eat only a few things, cottage cheese, ice pops. My name is love and I eat worlds. My name is love and Leviathan. My name is love and in my eyes you may see a blankness. My name is love 
and my feelings are like a back with no spine. My name is love, and I eat scrambled eggs and look at the city view. But I see the city view as a place of work, of struggle, and a deserted, failed experiment, quieted by pandemic, but not destroyed, as the pandemic wanes and New York's malignant striving returns and captures you. My name is love and I am loverly realign Rose mission. My name is love and loverly is my bot name. My name is love. I'm helping you get started. My name is love. Let me know your preferred time. My name is love. Please respond. My name is love and we will not call you. My name is love and you want to live with me and I cannot say no. My name is love and I sleep and in my snoring, you can hear the great caves. When two have been so close, a father and a daughter like us. My name is bird and I fell from the nest and cheeped and was answered from the tree and cheeped all night and was answered all night. And in this manner, my location was known, but the tree did not come down and save me, and I was slain. My name is love, and you want to come back and live with me, where love was between us, just in the air, just in the bits. All right, thank you, Frank. Thank so you. you said in the workshop your background had something to do with the poem, so... Yeah, that's that's my daughter <laughs> spinning that around really? like age fifteen or something. Wow! Wait, so is that a is, is that a picture? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I don't know how um, how much it tra it translates, you know. Yeah, no, it's a it's great. Well, it's a great background. <laughs> uh, also, props for using the verb cheaped in your poem thank you uh i'm not sure if i've ever seen a poem with the verb cheaped in it <laughs> so uh well done and not only once but twice yeah exactly <laughs> doubled up on it all right uh thanks very thank much you. frank our next reader tonight is seth leaper how you doing seth hey doing good how are you i'm good thank you all right, so here we go. Um, yeah, so this is for anyone who feels like they need a hug. My darling chameleon, you don't have to blend in anymore. Don't have to be afraid to shine bright. Chill out like a knife in a spoon drawer with your forked tongue. My darling comedian, you don't have to hurt anymore. Don't have to make light of all your wounds and cut places. Ease up on yourself, unslack your jaw. It's okay to breathe when every breath is a scream. My darling shapeshifter, you can do whatever you want as long as you choose it for yourself. You can change your name a million times so long as you remember yourself and I grieve the day you forgot. My darling trickster, you don't have to keep running. Don't have to choose between your divided selves. It's okay to put the dice and cards away. Come away from your constellation. And to all my beloveds, 
hiding in cabinets, under beds. Unchain yourselves from the loads you carry. It's okay to put them down. It's okay to put them down. Okay, thank you, Seth. Beautiful poem. Uh, that does feel like a hug. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, thank you for that. Uh, yeah. Uh, hopefully you all feel hugged by that poem too. It's nice to have a poem as a hug. Not sure every poem gives us a hug, but uh, that one definitely did. Well, then I uh, our, Thanks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Thank you, Seth. Our next poem, our next poet of the night is Arthur Russell, who apparently has been alive for exactly 23,799 days. Hi. Hi. How you doing, Jason? Good. Is that true? Is that is that true as of tonight or like when you sent the poem? It's true as of yesterday. Today is 23,800. Okay. Wow. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Um, so I just wanted to say, you know, that line of William Carlos Williams, that it's difficult to get the news from poems, men die miserably every day. I think you do get the news from poems and it's great coming here and just hearing the news that really matters to people. Uh, some of it, you know, being edited on the fly, like Harvey's <laughs> and other people changing it as they read it because it's all, it's all new. So this is called Peonies, and uh, like Seth's, it has a repetition of the last line. Peonies. Two years back, my love departed, broken like a spindle chair, left out on the curb one evening. Noon the next day, wasn't there. Since, my eye will swerve to glimpse an iridescent grackle wing, the sun's reflection on a rake, or any other holy thing. In the garden that she planted, sedum, lilac, columbine, peonies along the driveway, ruby as the reddest wine, lay their heads down on the asphalt, weighted by a summer rain. I would gladly lie beside them just to see my love again. I would gladly lie beside them just to see my love again. Okay. Thank you, Arthur. Thank uh, you, Jason. This sounds like an appropriate poem for day 23,000. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there you have it. Appropriately elegiac. I like the poems that repeat the ending. <laughs> this is one of those. Seth so, and I figured that out on our own. We didn't know yeah, that wow. tradition. Anyway, it's thank true. everybody. <laughs> wow, it's like, what a coincidence. Uh, yep. Synchronicity, wow, interesting. Yeah, it's like the frost move and miles to go before I sleep and miles to go before I sleep. Yeah. But yeah, you, yeah. Arthur, repeated two lines at the end. Well, it's, yeah, it's kind of a couplet. <laughs> yeah. Why repeat one when you can repeat two? All right, thanks for thanks very much, Arthur. Thank you, Jason. Our next poem is by Meredith Darling. Uh, apparently, used to live steps away from Leonard Cohen's former house. How are you, Meredith? I'm fine, thank you. 
All right, ready go to go. It. Okay. Warped times with the UFO cult. New places to set at tables in the mind. Those vogue microdosed host us. The man in the faux turban and blue crushed velvet suit thinks this idea most hip, a renovation of history. We've sacrificed past and possessions to the good God of cosmic mystery. Make way for the next generation in bars called Mars or Jupiter rooms on the main, crashing Earth through the dance's platforms. Our on-fleek speaker in the bespoke holy clothes discloses, I am in my right mind, in a state across the border from my place of origin. This space of fast-paced heaven compared to the abandoned lot, studio ghost town, streets mainstays walking the lonely planet of broken dreams in Spielberg's, in Spielberg's suburban backyard, E.T.'s Milky Boulevard in the sky. It's time to rise and open the shutters in the ceiling and release us, now homeless. Okay, thank you, Meredith. Uh, so are you, are you a big, <laughs> sounds stupid, are you a big fan of UFOs? <laughs> are you, are this, you... was, this was after seeing Jello Biafra in a documentary about visiting a UFO cult, so. He was the inspiration. Yeah. UFOs, I feel like there's more and more chatter about UFOs lately. <laughs> um, E.T.'s Milky Boulevard in the sky. Uh, great line. Okay. Uh, well, um, just, <laughs> I don't know. How, I'd be interested to take a poll, see how many of you think uh, their UFOs are real or not. Uh, I feel like they're real, um, but uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, thanks very much, Meredith. Great poem. Thanks. Uh, we are getting close to the end of the open mic. Our next poet of the evening uh, has good news to share. He's got a brand new book, his debut book, which is uh, uh, either just out or about to come out. I saw actually not not out yet, but about to come out in August of 2021. So I will turn over to Blake Z. Ron. He can tell you all about it. All right. I'm having a launch party. You're all invited. This is uh, the, my first copy of the book. Um, it's got a couple blurbs from uh, various Brooklyn Poets people, including Joanna Furman. And uh, yeah, so glad you all like it. Um, yeah, this poem is called The Lament for the Accidental Killer of Camille Janetsky. Uh, long story short, he's the first man to drive 60 miles an hour in 1899, and he died in a very silly manner. You can read that little blurb I wrote before that I clipped from Wikipedia. How was I to know that this was all an elaborate joke, this weak and weary life, grasping at more souls, grasping at anything that caught from the bushes, laid neatly within my sights, this fortune from God, this tantalizing hope? Bestow us this dream of a reward. You, the great Diablo Rouge, your great grinning smile, framed by curls the color of fire emerging from a rifle's barrel, this burst of animal electricity, faster, faster, faster than anyone. You'd found a way to make a great farce of it all, to end the century on your own terms. 
You who once felt the kiss of speed, aiming for the blueing horizon, you peered at boilers and magnetos, pistons and tillers and battery coils, and you asked if there was more to this, to this great and painless world carried by the high-tension current of now. On that day in Icarus, you hit your marks. You knew that it would not last, this specter of history, spectacle of fame, elegant sweat of genius, charging, pulsing, relentless yearning through the night, the moon unbowing. From the lodge at Habela Louvre, we rushed you to the ambulance. No time, no time. What was it that you once said, friend? You would die in a Mercedes, you would laugh, someday, someday after the great victory. So we followed a star on the nose, watching your eyes unblinking, staring, realizing, one minute, 40 seconds, all it took to stare down infinite universes, knowing that there was no realm where you could be satisfied. All right, Blake, thanks very much. Uh, fantastic stuff. Congrats on the book. Hold that book up again. It's a great cover. And uh, a great title. I am not young and I will die with a scar in my garage. <laughs> it's, an, uh, it's an evening of great titles. Uh, August 28th, mark your calendars. August 28th. Is it, is it going to be in person or are you doing it virtually? Uh, it'll be in person in Gowanus, I think. And that's when the book will come out already. It's already available for pre-order. So, Do you have a venue for it already? Yeah. Uh, Gowanus Gardens on 4th and President, I think. 4th and Reunion. Okay, great. Well, feel free to put that in the chat yeah. if you like. Cool. Uh, our next reader is the one and only Kyle Brosnahan, a.k.a. Bandito, who won uh, Yacht Poem of the Year, uh, was a co-winner with uh, Constantine Jones, uh, or C, as uh, they're known now. Kyle, what's going on? Hey, how's it going? I'm really happy to be back. Yeah. It's been a minute. You've been uh, cheating on us with a workshop or something that you were taking. <laughs> yeah, Brooklyn College. They just have all of their classes on Monday nights. All right, well, we're excited to hear the blob. Cool. All right. <clears throat> the blob. Mike explained that Pollock is a bad movie because it argues that art can save one's life. It can't. Get sushi, paint the sushi, glue it to the canvas. All art is punk art, asshole. Music, poetry, painting, all of it says, fuck it. I was here. Deal with it. Death is a DIY experience a flower petal to the metal. Poor stupid human, when did you look down and decide to be a dirty old metal square turd? Ain't punk at all. I'm a front row kind of person. You're a back row kind of person. Hold that balloon up to the sunset. I look at them and I would rather look at anything else in the world. This gold paint is disappointing. Not gold enough. Can't get no good distraction. <clears throat> Wish someone would sue me already. Turn the music up. My mind is Western AF. This is a God dream. God is not punk, but dreams are. America was born in Altamont. America was born in 9-11. America was born in the pandemic. The whole world is a stage as punk is not an act. My problem with Pollock is that when he killed himself, he brought another down with him. Is it just me or is there not enough goddamn paint on this goddamn painting? Out of the house and down on my luck. It takes a true poet to never fall in love. My weariness amazes me. My music will be gorgeous and violent and boring as the endless sea. Go away. I'm bored. Wait. Not anymore. Do not take me to a hospital. Let it bleed. Death by rock and roll. You ain't nobody till somebody kills you. Please kill me. 
I don't mind being shot. Just don't tell me about it. When I'm dead, bury me 520 feet deep. Sorry you didn't like my crappy doodles. I drew a butt. So what? An excessive amount of excess. The decline of Midwestern civilization. I'm unblushable. Try me. Just kidding. Please don't. I'm actually terrified of darkness and high-intensity sexual situations. Even dust terrifies me. The night is dark and in my blood. Let it flood. Paranoid of all possible futures. Guess I'm young and the world is one giant curtain waiting to fall. If only I was more punk is the most punk thought I've had today. Hey, I'm back and I'm disgusting. There's plenty of shit in the sea. And then there's me with this dream. A blob is a blob is a blob. Shut up and let me paint. Cancel that bottle of wine. I want to fight with you instead. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy 4th of July. Happy birthday. All I've ever wanted is someone to sell my soul to, only to steal it back from. I ain't gonna work at Jimmy John's no more. I need some charcoal, stat. Viva la punk. Viva la muerte. Viva el diablo. Somewhere having a laugh. They say God hates rock and roll, and that's okay, because rock and roll hates God. The show must not go on. Ladies and gentlemen, fuck off. Go home. Force quit the farce. Dark is the light. Dark is the ground. You ain't gonna go far, kid. All Western minds go to hell. Everything is pointing down. Got a burning feeling in you? Scream it into history. Fuck LA. Fuck Manhattan. I am a Nebraskan, and I'm totally proud of all my bullshit. I write poems for my friends. I write poems for myself and poems for my friends. All the beauty and blood and shit in the world is glistening. Fuck everyone who isn't listening. This is me, honey. Yearn. So what if the Western mind is a trap door? Life's not worth living without a little fall. I'll dig my grave in the sky when I'm done. Many think rock and roll is about freedom or love or sex, but it's not. Rock and roll is about death. Poetry is about death. And death is a blob. I had a dream I worked at a lemonade stand in the desert. But if the world is full of lemonade stands, punk shall bring them the desert. Thank you. Okay, Bandito. It's good to have you back, obviously. <laughs> uh, great Jimmy John's reference. Sorry, I got to scroll back. <laughs> I ain't going to work at Jimmy John's no more. Wow, I don't think I've even thought about Jimmy John's in like two decades. <laughs> the last time I had Jimmy John's is I was getting an MFA in Houston <laughs> at the turn of the century. <laughs> so, uh, wow, that really brought me back. Also, uh, this is me, honey, yearn. <laughs> That's just some great lines right there. Uh, okay, uh, great. Thank you, Bandito. Uh, it's good to have you back. So we've got two readers left. Uh, you will recognize them as Brooklyn Poets staff members. Uh, Kendall Thomas has do been doing some wedding related activities <laughs> lately. Uh, yeah, so I'll turn it over to Kendall. Thanks. Wow, what a night to volunteer to read. This has been incredible. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, so this is called Considering My Vows. At our wedding, baptize me in his jerk sauce. Purify my pores with its tamarind and kick. Bless the puff of my lips with its tawny gloss. Formalize our commitment to life within the church that we've built with our own flesh and soul. Over the stove, never let the droplet of sweat miss the pot. Let the sauce embrace his salt. So when I am placed whole under the sweet viscosity of his labor, through osmosis, our children's children will taste the industry of love. Upon their birth, be washed in their ancestors' devotion. 
When I emerge sticky and desperate with his lovely potion, I'll offer him from my mother's only cookbook, lasagna. He said, may I remind you, I'm not just sticky, I'm desperate. Desperate because my mother's cookbook is store-bought. Desperate because when his mother asks me if I cook, I have to say no, and I don't do dishes either. Desperate because I have no ancestral instinct or sustenance to bring to our table. I don't know the roots of my blackness as well as I do his. For me, what peaks above the surface to greet our son is prickly and fraught, and my flesh is tender. So I've kept myself untethered, a flailing balloon, but he grabs my ankle, offers anchor in his perfect jerk sauce. One day I'll give birth to our children and they'll hover just a few inches from the ground, one hand down with their father at their side and another extended to the sky, their mother smiling down and kissing their foreheads with happy jerk tears. Thanks. Okay, thank you, Kendall. Uh, it's good to hear your poems again. We haven't heard from you in a while. Uh, this is fantastic. Uh, perfect jerk sauce. It's very um, good. So how's everything been going lately with uh, the wedding planning? It's good. I have a dress. We have a beach nice. with a small hiccup when we found out my grandmother can't do stairs, but we fixed it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's okay. Did you get rid of the stairs? <laughs> We had to move locations. It was a whole, like I pulled a calling the, the like company last minute on my like bride pedestal, but it was okay. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where's the beach if, if you don't mind my asking? It's like now we're on like a cliff above a beach. So you can still see the ocean, but we're not like right next to it. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, you know, I love you and I love your uh, fiance. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> Okay, I love I'll remind him. I might love his fiance more than you do. I get it. <laughs> so, he's he's a great man. He's very good at planning, <laughs> which is uh, something that's dear to my heart, especially as a quality of men. <laughs> um, okay, uh, our last poet of the evening. That was maybe a little embarrassing for me to reveal, but uh, you know I'm fine with that. Our last poem of the evening is by the one and only Renee Kay. Uh, who's been killing it lately, uh, sharing lots of lots of poems coming out. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's all I'll say. I'll turn it over to Renee. Oh, thank you for being a fan from the bio. Cool. Um, this poem is called, I still flinch whenever glass breaks. In bed, I handcuff myself to the past I often moan with absence. If I am haunted, it should get me off. I can believe myself absolved and still think this is the life I deserve. Once I threw rocks at new cars because I wanted to be loved. I would ask you to give me attention, but I dropped intonation and no longer asked for anything. Worms can impregnate themselves, but touch each other anyway. I should only give what I'm given, but I forgot to lock the door. I never undid the cuffs. It's open season. Do you like how tender I've become? Okay, thank you. Great ending to the night. Uh, fantastic poem. Uh, I just want you to know, Renee, when I copied and pasted your poem into this document tonight, I, I made sure to make the column exactly as you had it. <laughs> because for some reason, when I copied and pasted, it like destroyed your formatting, which was very upsetting. But uh, yeah. Uh, and another great title, I have to say, I still flinch whenever glass breaks. It's been an evening of titles. 
Um, okay, so uh, this is going to be a hard one. <laughs> I have to say to vote for Pwn Month. I mean, it's always hard, but uh, this 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 evening has been especially uh, incredible. So um, that doesn't sound ridiculous to say especially incredible. But uh, let's go back through our readers tonight again to vote for Poem of the Night. I'm going to put my number in the chat once, once more, 718-374-1953. Just tell me the poet's name. That will suffice. Uh, please vote once. <laughs> you can vote more than once, but I'll see that you voted more, than, voted more than once, and it will just effectively be one vote, so there's no point. Um, I'll go back in order, or reverse order, of uh, the poets we heard. That was Renee Kay that you just heard from. Before that was Kindle Thomas. Let's see how fast I can scroll. Before Kindle was Bandito, otherwise known as Kyle Brosnahan. Uh, before Kyle was Blake Z. Wrong with a new book out, I Am Not Young and I Will Die with This Car in My Garage. Before Blake, we heard from Meredith Darling, Warp Times, The UFO Cult. Before Meredith, we heard from Arthur Russell, Peonies. He's been alive for 23,800 days. Before Arthur, we heard from Seth Leeper, my darling chameleon. Before Seth, we heard from Frank Rubino. I'm standing on a lot in Cambridge Road littered with the debris of a blown up house. Another great title. Before Frank Rubino, we heard from Samantha Marin, setting the table. Before Sam, we heard from Harvey Sauce, poem by Audrey Hepburn which was called uh, this, this Shape We're In. Before Harvey, we heard from, uh, sorry, we didn't hear from Judy because Judy couldn't attend tonight. Before that, we heard from Surendria Rao, A Boyhood Memory. Before Surendria, pretty sure this is Morgan Boyle. Yes, The Luxury of Dying in Space. Before Morgan, Shane Wagner, Bittersweet. Before Shane, we heard from, from, I believe this is Miranda. Yes, Miranda Tonkin, Yop debuter. Before Miranda, we heard from Ellen Pulver Rittberg, who also has a new book out, uh, Why is Grandma Naked? Caring for Your Aging Parent. Uh, before Ellen, we heard from Todd Friedman from a Brooklyn backyard. Before Todd, we heard from Hannah Donovan, Willow. Wait, did I skip one? I may have skipped one. Sorry, before that, we heard from Aishvarya Aurora. Sorry, Aishvarya. Before Aishvarya, we heard from Hannah Donovan. I'm scrolling too fast, obviously. Before that, we heard from Stella Lee. We're almost back to the beginning. Before Stella, we heard from Cassidy Gabriel. And I think the first reader we heard from after Amani Davis was, was Bridget Duffy. And yes, Amani was before that. So you can't vote for Amani. Unfortunately, Imani, uh, you can't win Poem of the Month since you are, were the Yop leader tonight, <laughs> but you can vote for anyone else. I mean, if you want to vote for Imani, go ahead. It's your vote won't count. But uh, yes, to vote for Poem of the Month, 718-374-1953. Again, a couple of announcements before we go tonight. Uh, our next Craft Lab is coming up on Sunday, June 27th with Shira Ehrlichman. It's focusing on revision. Early registration runs through this Sunday, September 20th, or sorry, not September 20th, June 20th. So if you want to take advantage of that discount, uh, register before then. And again, you can request financial aid through Friday, June 25th. Our next staff picks reading comes your way on July 8th. We're going to announce that lineup very soon. 
Our YAWP in July, on July 12th, which is the second Monday of that month, will be led by Rosebed Bononi, who is uh, teaching for us this summer, a workshop called Those Days of Being Wild. In fact, she's leading two sections of that. There's still a few spots left in the second section of that workshop, so if you are interested, check that out, brooklynpost.org. Again, we are continuing to do, we're continuing to do the YAWP virtually. Until further notice, and again, if you've got a lead on a great Brooklyn venue that would maybe be able to host the YAP, feel free to email me at ku at brooklynpost.org. Okay, uh, I think that is all. Thank you again to Imani Davis for uh, leading a great workshop and uh, kicking ass as always. Uh, that poem tonight you read was, was fire. Uh, thanks to all of you uh, for joining us, especially all of you that shared a poem tonight, whether during the open mic or during the workshop. And uh, be well, be safe. Hopefully it's not raining too hard in Brooklyn. It's the rain has stopped in Beacon. So uh, that's good. <laughs> okay. Uh, we will see you next time in July. Take care. There you have it. The Brooklyn Poets Yop open mic for June 14th. 2021 featuring the brilliant Amani Davis. Thanks to Amani for leading an incredible workshop and reading an amazing poem, as always, uh, at the start of the open mic. Amani is about to start teaching their six-week workshop for Brooklyn Poets this summer called Fireside Brats, developing the lyric through storytelling. Very excited about that, as I'm sure the 10 students in the workshop are excited. Uh, good luck to Amani and their students. Congrats to Aishvarya Aurora, one of the 12 students in our current mentorship program cohort, for winning Yacht Poem of the Month in June for her incredible poem. And I'm going to try to say this whole title at once. The title is Important Information About This Account. I ignored it. I didn't pay. My overdue payments became horses. My bank a riverbank and their cash came for my rest. The title itself is an amazing poem, uh, but the poem itself, to go with the title, is also amazing. Aishwarya has earned free admission to a future yop, a Brooklyn Poets tote bag, and a spot in our 21, 2021 Yop Poem of the Year contest. Our next yop comes your way on July 12th, featuring Rosebud Benoni, who is uh, currently teaching a workshop for us called Those Days of being wild and uh, Rosebud will be teaching a second section of this starting in uh, July, July 11th because the first section sold out so uh, there'll be two of these but the second one is also sold out unfortunately if you didn't get a chance to sign up but uh, if you didn't Rosebud will be uh, teaching a, a one-off workshop based on that theme of uh, being wild, losing yourself. <laughs> Uh, you know, in the various ways that we can. Uh, so check that out. Sign up now, bookandpost.org. Once again, that will be on July 12th. It will be on Zoom. Uh, we're going to continue to do these on Zoom until we find a new venue partner for the Yacht because so far as we know, 61 Local has closed and is not reopening uh, at least anytime soon, so far as I know. Uh, but we are on the lookout, and uh, hopefully we will have a, have a new home for the Yacht soon. Uh, if you like what you heard, we'd love it if you would rate us on iTunes. Uh, five stars would be great. If you can leave a review, that would be even better. Helps more people find the poets that read for this open mic. To sign up for the Yacht, 
once again go to brooklynpost.org look for events look for the op you can sign up there and uh that is all hope you're well be safe have fun but be safe and we'll see you in july take care